I am Courtney Ortiz, your host here today, and you are joining me live in the Girls HC as I welcome my new camp friend, Megan May, who is the camp director of Camp Friendly Pines Camp in Prescott, Arizona. And Megan, I feel like we need to like get comfortable in front of a campfire in order for you to tell me your camp story. So I'm going to pretend like I'm getting warm because this is going to be a good one. Maybe get some s'mores. So what's your camp story, girl? Yeah. So, um, I, the running joke, uh, around camp is that camp is like truly in my blood. So I'm actually the fourth generation family member, like of the owners of Friendly Pines camp. So my great grandparents, uh, uncle Bud and Brownie, they started Friendly Pines way back in the forties. It kind of just started as like a casual kind of horse camp weekend away with some friends and neighbors and stuff and let's go up in the woods and get out of the phoenix heat and ride some horses and um it's you know over the last 80 plus years it's just really grown um and uh my great my grandparents took over in the 60s and ran it until kind of the mid 2000s and um and then you know i came back as part of our manager program staff um and it, over the last couple of years, I've been kind of learning the ropes and everything. And then as of this year, I've officially assumed the full kind of camp directorship. So I'm um, kind of fun that it's still in the family after four generations. Um, I didn't plan on being a part of it, but um, it was always my favorite part. I was a camper for like 10 years. Um, I was like a CIT, an assistant counselor, a counselor. Like I've, I've gone through kind of all the positions and everything. And it was always like my favorite place on earth, but I never really envisioned me actually doing it. But now that I am doing it, I can't, obviously, I can't see myself doing anything else. It's, it's such a special place and, you know, special for many, many reasons. That was going to be my question. Like, did you always know that this was going to be your place? Or were you like, no, um, I'm yeah. not going to work at camp. Like, I'm not going to do the family business. No, no. Hold you no. Back in. Yeah. So when, like, when I was a camper, when I was growing up, like, people would always like, oh, like, are you gonna, are you gonna run camp someday? And I was like, no, I don't want to run camp, like, whatever. And um, I actually went to school, I wanted to be a dentist, and got like a science degree, which I'm not using at all, but it's fine, I still enjoyed it. And, um, but then I had what I call my like, kind of quarter life crisis. And I was like, "Ah, I don't want to go to, I don't know if I want to go to dental school, I don't really know what I want to do. And so I kind of just was like, you know what, I'll just go back to camp for like one more summer, just kind of like, I haven't been in a couple of years, like I'll just go back. And that was in 2015 and I haven't left. So um, I think the difference was kind of not just being there for the summer. I stayed for my first kind of off season, you know, hired some staff, kind of got to see a lot more of the behind the scenes stuff. And I was like, wait a minute, like I can kind of see myself doing this, you know, like, yeah, the summers are busy, but the rest of the year, like it's like a normal job and lot of flexibility and um and it's a special like it's it makes an impact you know like I think a lot of millennials and people my age and stuff they're always looking for a job that like makes an impact makes a difference and stuff and like this really totally does um I you know I talk to alumni and I talk to you know parents of campers and stuff and that you can just tell how much camp truly 
like influences their life. I know it made an influence on mine and it just is, it's, it's making a difference. So it's a very rewarding job and a really fun job too. Yeah, and when you talk about impact, like the impact in a 12 week season where you see over a thousand kids, like, can we just talk about like, you say, oh, well, we work hard in the summer and the, you're preparing <laughs> now for a 12 week season. Like yeah. it doesn't stop for you. So what, yeah. tell me about, what does that look like your 12 week season? Yeah, so we have a couple weeks of staff training. Um, some of our activities, the counselors, um, our counselors live in the cabin and teach the activities. We don't have like just activity, just like general counselors, like they do, they do it all. <laughs> um, and they will come in for um, like specialized activity training. And then the rest, the, all of the counselors will come in for what we call staff development week. That's just our staff training week. Um, the next week is what our like first week of campers. We call it adventure week. It's pretty much the same as like our other sessions, but it's like a smaller scale. It's a little bit slightly different activity schedule. Um, but for the most part, it's the same, you know, 30 plus activities that we offer. Um, then the fourth week of the summer, we actually host a special health camp. Um, so it's called Camp Asda. And the kids that come there have type 1 diabetes. So, and a lot of most, if not all, but not all, but um, a lot of the staff actually have type 1 diabetes as well. And so um, they kind of get to come and maybe at school, like there's only one or two other kids in school that have diabetes like them. They get to come to Camp Asda and like everybody, like the majority of the people have diabetes to talk about that and the struggles and like get empowered and stuff like that so that's really cool that we get to host them um and then once asda is done we kind of have kind of the bread and butter of the summer if you will so we got six weeks of camp um, most kids come for two weeks at a time we've got three two-week sessions um one week sessions are becoming really really popular and those usually fill the first, like fill first. Um, so six one-week sessions that kind of coincide with those two-week sessions. Um, sometimes we get kids that stay for a month, you know, they stay for three weeks, two or two, two-week sessions. And we even have a couple kids that stay kind of all six weeks. I was one of those kids. I know I'm kind of different in that situation because my grandma was there, like it wasn't that big of a you know, right, right, ordeal for right. me to stay for it six. Was like your home, it was like your exactly, home. Exactly. Right. But um, yeah. So then, but we do get a handful of um of kids that stay for six weeks. So, um, once the six weeks are done, then we do a second special health camp. This one's called Nick and Kelly Heart Camp, and um, this one's for kids with like heart transplants, heart defects heart disease, all that kind of stuff. They get to come up and um, do uh, like come to camp, you know, for and and it's a little bit. Um, modified because you know they can't climb up a big hill and stuff we have to like drive them around and stuff but otherwise like, they get that real fun camp experience um and then the very last week of summer is just a couple of family camp sessions so um I'm sure other camps you know parents will be like well I want to go to camp like what what session do you have for me and kind of our answer to that has been family camp so the families get to come and they stay in a, their own cabin and they get to eat the camp food and you know the mom and dad get to do the zip line or they get to go canoeing or hiking and stuff um and yeah so that's kind of like our 12-week season so your 12 weeks includes like your, your staff training too. Yeah, so you, yeah. run, you run six weeks of your own dedicated friendly pines camp. Yeah. So we have seven weeks. We've got adventure week and then two special health camps and then six weeks of campers. So seven friendly pine sessions plus two medical camps, a family camp week, and then two weeks of staff training. I was so. looking at the figure family camp online and noticed that you did do it during the summer versus like yeah. an extra, you know, come in the fall or yeah. in the spring with your family. So that's really, really great. And I, 
what is, I think, um, you know, you guys are, are the only sleepaway camp in Arizona. We're the only private one. There are other, there's several camps, especially in the Prescott area where we are in the Prescott, okay. Prescott Basin area. Um, but we're the only private one. So all the other camps are like church camps, you know, YMCA, okay. Girl Scouts. They have some sort of like organization that kind of oversees them and, um, you know, kind of manages them, but we're the only private sleepaway camp. Um, I believe there are some private day camps kind of in the Phoenix area, but as far as like, you know, traditional, you know, co-ed sleepaway camp, we're the only one in Arizona that's privately and independently owned and operated. Because I was going to say about that as I've, you know, noticed that like camp is so cultural too, depending on like where you grew up and where you live. So in the Midwest, camp isn't such a thing as it is if you grew up in the Northeast. So, um, and what I love too, is what I think makes it unique compared to other camps is just your, um, the environment that you're in, like being in Arizona versus being, you know, in the mountains in uh, North Carolina. So how much environment, um, adds to the camp experience. So talk to me a little bit about, um, what does a camper day look like? What does it start? Talk me through that. Yeah, so jam-packed, um, as, as one can expect. Um, so before campers come to camp, they actually um, get to pick out their activities. So we make like individual activity schedules for every camper. Um, they kind of like rank their top choices. And then we, our program staff will spend a lot of time kind of scheduling everybody on the computer. Um, so, you know, typical activity day, we'll wake up at seven, um, we'll get ready for the day. Then we will meet kind of in the middle of camp. We call it, the, it's just like a big kind of dirt lot. We call it the ball field. Um, we meet on the ball field. We'll do flag raising and say the Pledge of Allegiance. We do kind of like the roll call stuff. Um, and then breakfast will be right after that. After breakfast, we will do kind of like a short kind of cabin camp cleanup. So um, everybody kind of divvies up the chores and, you know, cleans their area, makes their bed, um, gets the camp spick and span for the day. Um, and then we start our activities. So we, most of our activities are just an hour long. We do have some kind of like our ropes course activities, canoeing, hiking, those are going to be two hours long, but most activities are just an hour long and we'll do two periods in the morning, um, a snack kind of in between that, a little bit of free time after second period before lunch. And then after lunch, we will do like a siesta kind of rest hour. So that's where people can like write letters home. They can read, they can take a nap, um, just kind of quiet time in the cabins in the middle of the day, kind of a nice reset in the middle of the day. And then um, after siesta, we do a quick little snack as well. Um, and then two more periods of activities in the afternoon. So um and then once that fourth period is done, uh, it's free time. That's when we get the mail uh, every day, but Sunday we get the mail and uh, some free time before dinner. And then after dinner, we do some sort of kind of all camp evening activity. So we've um, always done, it's one of the most popular evening activities has been our round dance. So we do like square dance, kind of, you know, like Virginia reel. Um, and yeah. that's, that's been really fun. Um, I started ca- like calling the, the moves and stuff. A few oh, snap. Yeah. Snap. So that's been really fun. Oh yeah. no, seriously. Yeah. I want to hear it. All right. Yeah. Um, 
calling, this dance calling is kind of a yeah. big deal at my camp for the people yeah. that do it. So I want to hear it, Megan. Let me hear you call some, yeah. some moves. So the mo let me, I haven't done it in a few months, but let me see if I can. So our most popular one, like the one that people always love and want to do over and over is called the Tennessee Wigwalk. Yeah. And so they kind of, uh, you know, have your partner and you have your hands up and you're kind of like this and you point your left foot like forward and then to the side and then you kind of step across each other forward to the side step across walk in a circle wiggle while you walk doing the Tennessee wig walk <laughs> love it all right cool I didn't mean to interrupt you there so no so, it's all good it's all yes. good yes yeah. but round dance is a really popular popular activity um we do a carnival during the session so like we have different booths set up on the tennis courts um, you know, maybe we do face painting or we've got like a note drop or the most popular booth at the carnival is the marriage booth. You know, friends can get married and stuff. And, this one for the, our carnival yeah, marriage, yeah. marriage booth is hugely <laughs> popular um, or, you know, you know, blackjack or something like that or sponge toss, that kind of thing. Um, games on the meadow, talent show. We have like a counselor talent show and we have a camper talent show. Um, and those are kind of our fun evening activities. And then we do also do some more kind of serious like tradition evening activities. Um, once a week, we do what we call rendezvous. And that's, it's kind of like this recognition ceremony for all of the campers. So the counselors will like recognize their cabin campers for like good deeds and services that they did throughout the week. And um, at the end of the two-week session, they get these little like virtue medallions. So like integrity or honesty or you know, um, loyalty, that kind of stuff. Um, they really exemplified that virtue. The counselors will like recognize them for that virtue. And um, that's kind of one of more, it's like a pioneer mountain man kind of themed ceremony. And the captain, uh, <laughs> me, <laughs> will kind of preside over the ceremony and like, you know, congratulate them for their and rec their recognitions and everything like that. And we've been doing that forever. And um, that's been, that's one of our kind of iconic evening activities that we do um but yeah those evening activities usually wrap up about 8 15 8 30 they everybody gets back to the cabin um we're lucky all of our cabins have indoor showers toilets and sinks so we don't have like the external bathhouse it's kind of glamping if you will um but they get ready for bed and then it's lights out for the campers at nine so like I said a jam-packed day and then 7 a.m the next day we do it all over again what age groups do you yeah, uh, our youngest campers are six. Sometimes we allow five-year-olds if they're almost six, okay. kind of ready, um, up to 14. And then we have SILTs, so campers and leadership training. Those will come at 15. And then CITs come at 16. Awesome. How many of your, do you think, how many of your campers come back as staff? It kind of depends. Um, Pre-COVID, uh, I think 20, going into 2020, we had like uh, almost, if not half of our staff were returning campers. Um, since COVID has kind of been picking back up, but I, I think uh, as of last count, kind of like what I've had so far, I think we're at like six or seven counselors right now, like we're former, um, like former campers and stuff. And we also have some new ones that kind of are in early stages that are, um, you know, our former campers, and this is like the first time they've been able to apply and everything. Like That's that. a big deal. That's yeah. a big, I've had the pleasure of working with um, some first time counselors who had been former campers and they are, it's a very big deal to them. And they are the hardest working 
They are the hardest working people. Like they know and they care about the culture. Like the, you know, that they always want to do what, like give the same experience to their campers as like their counselors gave to them kind of a thing. Yes, 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 yes to their core. And it's, and it's so, you know, and, and it's like, it's so different now in their staff versus like it's, but yes, they really, the passion is there. So, so you're actively hiring, right? Like you are, how big is your staff? So if you're servicing a thousand kids over the summer, what's your staff like? So we have about, we usually have anywhere from like 45 to 50 counselors. Um, and then, on top of that, kind of, you know, all the other staff, med staff, kitchen staff, maintenance, you know, our camp shop or all that kind of stuff. Um, usually that rounds us out to about 90 staff in the summer. So um, all of our cabins will have at least one counselor living in the cabin. And then some kind of our older ones, those are the bigger cabins, more kids will sleep in those cabins. Um, we might have a second counselor as well. So um, yeah, so we're usually hiring about the goal is always like 50. I always want to have a little extra, but we need about 45, um, in order to, to run our program and activities and everything. No one's going to complain with an extra set of hands, right? No, not at all. (laughs) How many kids during a session? So if you have a thousand for the summer at one time, how many for two? It's a, it's a little more than 200, um, uh, per kind of week. So we have like a group about a third of the kids there are going to be one week campers and the rest are going to be two week campers so we have like 200 at a time and then like you know a handful of them will leave at the end of the week and then a new group will come in so it'll still be the same number but it might not just be the same exact right 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 I mean and that's a lot of moving parts for you to coordinate when you're talking about programming and these kids have their choice and you have all these so kudos to you for keeping this going for continuing for 80 something years so with 80 something years of experience and 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 um what are some of your favorite traditions like you talked about the ceremony but what are some favorite traditions um yeah the rendezvous is a really big one um on the last night of camp we do like stick dedication so we have like a little fireplace in the middle of camp um with these benches and stuff and um if we don't have a fire ban (laughs) uh we will light a fire in the fireplace and um even if we if we do have a fire ban we still just throw the sticks in and say once the fire bans up we'll light the fire and, and everything but um the kids kids and counselors staff you well, know, you said fire ban because you yeah. have to worry about fires yeah. in mm-hmm. Arizona because it's dry. Yeah. It was like fire, and then it yeah. popped on. I mean, I was like, oh my yeah. god, yeah. So that talk about I mentioned earlier how your environment, like yeah. you might not be able to have a campfire in Rose S'mores because oh, yeah, you burn your camp down exactly. seriously. Yeah, yeah. So wow. we because we are in the Southwest, you know. Arizona is like a very diverse state. Um, I think a lot of people think of Arizona and they think of Phoenix and think of hot and desert and cactus and stuff. And we're actually two hours north of Phoenix in the Bradshaw mountains. So like it's pine trees, like from pines, you know? And um, so there is always a concern in the, in the summer months, kind of up until kind of 4th of July is kind of like our fire season, like April, end of April to beginning of July is kind of the fire danger season, which is of course right in the middle of camp. But, um, but then once the, uh, once it kind of hits about 4th of July, we get the monsoon. So um, we get big, heavy rainstorms. And then usually once those start, we're good. And that's when they usually lift. If they have placed a fire plan, by the time monsoons start, they've 
they'll, they'll be able to lift it. But we've kind of come up with different ways to kind of do workarounds and stuff. We used to do riflery with like 22s, but we had to, we decided to switch a few years ago to just air rifles so that we could continue to do it when it was a fire ban. Um, we also use like propane fire pits. So like if you go to Costco and get those like fun propane fire pits, you know, it gives that ambiance. I actually prefer them. I was like, I'm embarrassed to admit it, but I don't like smelling like campfire and I don't totally like s'mores. Like, I know it's like blasphemy and like as a camp director, but the Seek your truth. Seek your truth. <laughs> the propane fire pits kind of have been perfect because there's like not really any cleanup. It's, you know, safer and easy to light. That. I mean, lighting a campfire is not, you're not always successful. No. So they still get to, you know, make s'mores and stuff. We do, we do an overnight, like kind of camp out on the property, um, once, once a week. So once a session and, um, so they will go out and they'll cook dinner and then they sleep out in the tents and stuff. And, you know, we always have s'mores that night and then they wake up and they make breakfast in the morning. Um, so you know, they still get that kind of campfirey vibe and everything, but, um, yeah, overnights are super, super fun. That was always one of my favorite nights of the, of the, of the session. Um, you make, you get really good bonding because, you know, you're out in the woods and, you know, you're sitting around the campfire. That's, you know, very easy to form, you know, relationships around a campfire and everything, but, um, overnight's really fun. The stick dedication, uh, uh, is just basically, you know, you have a stick and you dedicate it to something that happened during the summer or during that session. So, you know, to my counselor for being there when I was homesick to my favorite horse, you know, down at Western riding to my new friends that I made. Um, so everybody kind of dedicates their stick and oh God, I'm end up in front of the whole camp and say these things. So. I love that. I'm making notes. I want to do this with my little division. That's so yeah. great and easy and special yeah. and a memory. Oh my gosh. Now I'm going to hold you to this because um, it, you're, I was you know doing my re research and I was on your website and you have a great video, by the way, guys, go on Friendly Pines Camp website. They have a great, I love camp videos, but yeah. you made a point of specifically talking about music and songs and camps. Yeah songs and as I was listening I saw and listened to songs that I did not know yeah so, okay. um, can you choose and sing for me please yeah of course it's so funny because sometimes there are we get counselors that have worked like at other camps and they like bring a song and we're like oh we sing that but we sing it like a little differently um but one song that's like super popular it's super easy campers and counselors like to get up and sing it it's um we call it boy and a girl so there's a boy and a girl in a little canoe with the moon shining all around. They dipped their paddles to and fro and they didn't even make a sound. Well, they talked and they talked till the lights grew dim. She said, you better kiss me or get out and swim. So what you gonna do in a little canoe with the moon shining all around? And then you sing it over again. And then at the end, so what you gonna do in a little canoe with the moon shining all around? And then you go, get out and swim. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my, oh, that is so great. You know, we on our 
Happy Camper Live website, we have um, like a glossary of camp terms. And I think we need to update it and have more of a glossary of camp songs because oh, we get so, so stuck in just singing the same songs that, and there's so many great ones mm -hmm. out there, old ones, new ones, like yeah. a really great directory of like camp yeah. songs. So also, um, is there something that like a camp word or lingo that you know, like your own language? Do you have a yeah. friendly pines camp language? We totally do. Um, our program office, that's like where all of our schedules and activity stuff kind of happens. We call that the Prague. So new, new people kind of are like Prague, like in Europe, like you yeah. know, Prague. And we're right. like, no, no, go to Prague, like the program office. So we call it that. Um, our staff lounge this one's kind of confusing but we've never changed it um we have like a log house um it's kind of like a two-story you know log building and that's the staff lounge um but we call it the lg for some reason i don't i don't know why it's just always been called the lg you would think it'd be called the lh but it's the lg um yeah it's it's kind of weird um we do so that the campers they have like eight activity periods available to them. So they do four on one day, four on the other, and we call those green and white days. So like Monday, Wednesday, Fridays are green days, Tuesday, Thursday, Saturdays are white days. Sundays are days off for the, the, the horses days off. So we do like theme days, special days. Um, another thing we do is called quiet place. It's kind of like a you know, a reset in the middle of the session, they, we, it's like, like a service of sorts. Um, it's not like religious or anything, but it's like based on a theme. So like the counselors will like read stories and sing songs and poems and stuff based on like, you know, perseverance or we kind of gauge like what the session needs. Like if there's a lot of homesickness, we talk about perseverance. If there's a lot of, you know, I don't know if there's like, people aren't really getting along. We talk about like friendship and, you know, camaraderie and stuff like a that. A little self-reflection. Exactly. Yeah. So forever is a good thing. So yeah. Good. So the quiet place is just this really pretty outdoor chapel kind of benches area. And we do that on Sundays, but um, yeah, green days, white days. Um, we use a bunch of different bells for, to kind of signify the time. So the big bell will wake us up in the morning and then at the end of siesta and then start off uh, the evening activity. Um, the the choo-choo bell. <laughs> it's this little one outside the dining lodge and we ring that to let people know that it's time to clean up for the meal. Uh, the come in bell is a, a bell that the, you know, the kitchen staff will ring saying, come on into the dining lodge. It's time to eat. Um, we have the activity gong. So that signifies the start and the end. Um, so lots of bells. I'm trying to think there's, I know there's like a bunch of stuff and like I've, I've created kind of actually like a glot, our own glossary. And like, we have like a little camper handbook and like I put in the staff handbook and everything of like different terms and words and phrases are like, I don't know what that means. Like what, you know, what is, I don't know, the pita pass and okay. The pita pass is a uh, high ropes element that we have down on our challenge course. And so, um, you know, we, I try and understand that there's going to be things that people don't know, even though maybe they've been to another camp or maybe they've worked at another camp. Like, even though camp is similar, it's also super, super different depending, even down the road, you know, we've got a camp on either side of us and I'm sure they have similar traditions to us. And then they also have their own different traditions. And so, um, yeah. Yeah. You can have a full conversation with somebody and then not have a single thing idea what you've said because they don't speak your language and you just get so caught up in the day-to-day -day of doing right. your business 
that you just yeah. you, you assume that so favorite food what do the campers love what's the fave meal yeah well one oh, one thing I was thinking about back to this so we have this very simple but very popular dish it's basically like a spaghetti kind of casserole um basically they make spaghetti and then they put cheese and pepperoni on top and they bake it mm-hmm. and I've always called it pizza spaghetti and a lot of my friends and like peers and stuff have always called it pizza spaghetti but for some reason kind of 10-ish years ago, people call it, started calling it spaghetti pizza. And so whenever we have pizza spaghetti, there's always this like chanting rivalry in the dining lodge, like it's pizza spaghetti. No, it's spaghetti pizza. No, it's pizza spaghetti. But it's hugely popular. It's super simple, simple to make. And it always makes us laugh when like parents call us up after the summer and like, I'm looking for the pizza spaghetti recipe. And I'm like, oh, it's really simple. It's just spaghetti cheese, pepperoni, like that's it. (laughs) First of all, I want to say right there, if you have parents calling, asking for a recipe, then you need to give your chef a raise. Like you have the best food ever. And I was going to also at my camp, we we have a spaghetti taco. So um, exactly what you would envision. And it is a favorite. It is a favorite. Yeah. Um, of the kids yeah. so um what's next for Megan May what's the future of Friendly Pines Camp 80 years yeah. in another 80 years another 80 years I'm really excited um to kind of see the potential and the growth and um yeah we're we we kind of used to do um when it wasn't summer like rental groups school groups and everything like that but with COVID we kind of got rid of that part of the business so which is you know kind of bittersweet but um it's fine by me because my care and passion is for the summer camp part of the business. So that means like, I can really focus on it now. Like all of my time is devoted to like hiring staff and recruiting campers and like updating activities and programs and kind of coming up with, you know, keeping the important traditions, but also like freshening up other areas where it's like, is there a reason why we have to do it this way kind of thing? So, um, you know, like the counselors that we hire that are former campers, you know, I want to give the experience that I always had, but I also don't want to be doing the, like, you know, some of the same like business practices that like my great grandparents did in the fifties. Like it's a lot of time has changed since then. Like it's okay to have, you know, everything be on the Google drive and we don't need to keep, you know, all everything on paper and file cabinets and everything like that. So, um, you know, trying to balance that kind of tradition and, you know, but bringing it, you know, continuing to bring it and keep it up with like modern times and everything like that. And, you know, make it so that someone that's an alumni that came as a camper in the seventies, they come to camp, you know, maybe there's a little bit difference, but for the most part, they're like, oh, I remember the dining lodge. Like, oh, I remember like the, you know, the big bell. Like, I remember the benches here. I remember the, the sewing room, you know, like I remember all these buildings and everything and trying to make it so that it's not so different um, from like what we did before, but also. Yeah, but the reason that they're able to come back and appreciate those things is because you and your staff have made those decisions to make those changes because not all camps have been around for 80 years. So just the fact that, so like amazing, amazing work by you. And uh, that is just so... um, so incredible. So I want to thank you. Wait, 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 before wait. Um, so let's say if there's a, if there is a someone out there listening to this, thinking about applying to, um, I want to get a job as a camp counselor. Yeah. Why should they choose Friendly Pines Camp? Tell yeah. me about what it's like to be staffed there. 
It's so fun. Um, I, that's part of one of my favorite aspects of the, of camp is bringing in the staff. Um, you know, we always have returning campers, you know, former campers. We've got a lot of returning staff um, that come like come back year after year. Um, we get some internationals. Um, you know, we've, I have, I'm got a gal from this past summer. She's coming back from England. Um, actually our assistant camp director is from Australia. Like we have a lot of internationals that come and join us. Um, so that kind of adds like a fun dynamic. Um, the state of Arizona is very accessible and like very, you know, there's lots to do on a day off, like go to the Grand Canyon, go to a Diamondbacks game, you know, tubing on the Salt River. I always like to go cliff jumping. There's a lot of like creeks and stuff um, kind of near like Sedona and stuff. And we would always like, it was like our thing to like go and stop at a grocery store, get some lunch, go for a little short hike to a cliff jumping spot. And then you just kind of hang out by the creek all day on your day off and then maybe get pizza on your way back um, after at the end of your day off. But um, yeah, just, you know, it, it it's like, like I was saying, like, it's a very, very rewarding job, but it's not just rewarding for like the impact like that they make on their campers, but it's also like rewarding for themselves, like teaches independence, it teaches responsibility, it teaches like teamwork, teamwork's huge, you know, you might have a co-counselor, you might have someone in your activity that maybe outside of camp, you probably wouldn't hang out with them, but hey, you're both are teaching this activity, you gotta get along together, so like, you know, hard and soft skills, and like, I want, I wish more young people knew the importance of camp, and like how valuable that experience is, like, being able to go like, yeah, maybe you don't want to work in camp for the rest of your life. But like, if you work a couple of summers at a, at a summer camp, like you're going to gain so many skills that are going to be valuable for like any industry, any job, any team that you eventually work on, like you're going to relate, you're going to relate to a lot of like what you learned at, at camp. And Friendly Pines is like no different. Um, just, it's nice because it's not so small that there's like the same, you know, 20 people, which is, you know, good for certain camps. And then some camps that are have like 200 people, like that's great. But I feel like it's also a little bit anonymous too. Like we kind of feel like the 50 ish range is, is good because like you can be friends and know everybody on the staff, but you can also like have your group, have your friends, whatever that you really click with and, you know, um, work well with. And yeah. You know, and we talk so much about camp in terms of the experience that the, that the campers have and, you know, making it so important for them. But, you know, I, I really love working with my staff. It's so transformative for them. I tell them, you know, before camp starts and like we're a residential one session, seven weeks. I said, you know, you're going to laugh. You're going to cry. You're going to want to go home. You're going to wish you didn't have to leave. But at the end of the summer, you are going to have accomplished something and feel so proud of the job that you did just that you... Yeah. maintain it because it's a it's a you know it's we loved kids but it's it's a hard job you have a, a room you can go to your yeah. room at night I go to my room at night yeah. and you know they're on 24 7 so hats off yeah to, to the to the to the college yeah. camp yeah. counselor and um really you yeah. are we always say I think we didn't come up with it I know it was somebody else but it's the hardest job you'll ever love like that's what we stress is like yeah like I don't sugarcoat in interviews and in our preliminary stuff like this is a hard job like you have to have a lot of grit you got to be really resilient you got to be willing to see it through to the end but if you can do that it's going to pay off so huge and it's you will look back on it even if it's just one summer like you're gonna love it you're gonna have friends for life you're gonna 
you know, we, we like we have a group that comes to our family camp. They were counselors when I was a camper. They were like counselors in like 2002. And this past family camp, they had, they occupied like half of camp because like, it's kind of like camp, like they're all friends still from when they were staff and they come together and they do family camp and now they have kids and, you know, like they, they hold on to those memories from like the couple of summers in the early 2000s that they all work together. And like, I still keep in touch with a bunch of my friends that I worked as counselors and you know, and then oh, there's also like the love and relationships that bloom, you know, like I just went to a wedding last year for a couple counselors that met at camp and, you know, and uh, that's a whole other podcast. Love yeah. at camp. Like love at camp. That's, at yeah, camp, that's a whole other right? thing. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. Oh my God, Megan, I could talk to you all day about camp. Um, if you want to find more out about Friendly Pines Camp, where do we find you, Megan? Uh, friendlypines.com. Awesome. You heard it there, folks. Friendlypines.com. Megan, thank you so much for joining me on my camp. Guys, thank you for tuning in today. Um, if you want to learn more about or about more of my camps, um, you can check us out where you listen to podcasts, either on Spotify or Apple, or we have a great YouTube channel, My uh, Happy Camper Live on YouTube. Check us out. There's a lot of great content there. Join me again on my camp. I'll save us more for you. Take a moment to shine on Happy Camper Life.